the bad news is the Pirates were just humiliated in, in a sweep to one of the worst teams in the National League. The, the good, good-ish, not horrible news is now the Rockies have won the season series, and if they're tied for the draft, the Pirates will pick ahead of them. Not that it much matters. I don't see anyone catching up to the Diamondbacks for that first overall pick anymore. Good morning, and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. I want to talk a little bit about Adam Frazier. One of the few guys who actually did have a couple hits in that Rocky series. Adam Frazier has had a terrific season. And we've seen him have these extended periods of being a really good hitter. This is the longest one he's had by far. And it looks legitimate. It doesn't look like we're at 11.58 p.m., you know, and, it, and the clock's going to strike midnight and Adam Frazier's just going to go 3 for 40 <laughs> or something like that. The approach, the cues, everything looks right for Adam Frazier right now. And that's why he's making consistently good contact with the baseball. It's why there are two things about Adam Frazier right now, if you're a casual baseball observer, that you know about him. The first is, Adam Frazier might be an all-star. Probably will be an all-star. It's safe to say that he'll he'll probably get in via you know the commissioner or, or the players if he doesn't win the fan vote. And as of recording this on Wednesday night, he is leading the fan vote. And there's only a few hours left. It, it, it looks like there's a pretty legitimate chance Adam Frazier is going to be the starting second baseman for the All-Star game. I, I should look this up. I should have had this prepared. When was the last time the Pirates had a position player start the All-Star game? Is it McCutcheon? I can't think of the last one who it was before that. No, Josh Bell, if you count, designated hitter. But he didn't win his vote. So, depending on where you fall on Josh Bell being the designated hitter, but that was a manager's decision, not, you know, winning the fan vote. I don't like how they're doing the fan vote with two different phases. Back in my day, we just staff, we just stuff a ballot box, you know, get Adam Frazier in there, you know, the old-fashioned way. I prefer that, but that's neither here nor there. That's one of two things about Adam Frazier's season. He's going to be an all-star, almost certainly. The other is, he's almost certainly not going to be a pirate at this time next month. As we were recording this, actually, it is no longer Wednesday night. The, the clock just turned over to midnight here. I made that 11.58 metaphor at 11.58 probably. How about that? Adam Frazier is going to get traded at this trade deadline. It's, it's a matter of to whom, not if. He is going to be one of if not the most coveted hitters available. Someone who is striking the ball well, can play a fairly premium position at second base, and also give you the versatility to go out in the left field, and you have him for team control for another year. All of those things, that, that's and the 
affordable contract, the team control, it, all those things just come together to make Adam Frazier a very coveted player. He wasn't this way a year ago, though. Less, this time last year, or I guess I should say at the trade deadline last year, not this time last year, things hadn't gotten really underway yet. But there was a little interest in Adam Frazier, not enough to pull the trigger on a trade. There was a little interest in Adam Frazier this offseason, not enough to pull the trigger on the trade, even though they had already traded Bell, Musgrove, and Tyon. They hung on to Frazier. Boy, did that end up being the perfect <laughs> decision out of those four. If you could only keep one, maybe Musgrove. Musgrove's had a fine year as well. But Frazier has really elevated his game and is really, even though there's less team control and that inherently makes him, you know, that does take a bite out of his value. It doesn't matter. He's just absolutely outperformed. This is a different player. This is going to be mound visit for next week because I have already done the, you know, trying to calculate Adam Frazier's trade value. There's one factor I didn't put in is what happens if Adam Frazier becomes a five-war player? And that's what he's basically on pace for right now. I, it, it does change a whole lot of dynamics. There aren't a whole lot of five-war hitters available on the market right now. And if Ben Sherrington can sell that, you're going to get a good return. And let's just say right now, the Ben Sherrington trades this past offseason look really good. Eddie Yeen, his fastball velocity has spiked up big time down in Bradenton. He's being aggressive in his pitching. It, it's a good, good sign that you want to see from a young pitcher down there. He just turned 20 years old. He's going to have to do some more growing. He's probably going to have to do that growing sooner rather than later just because of, you know, he missed last year because there's no minor league season, no fault of his own, but that's just how the game works. It will force some people to speed up their development cycles a little bit. He's going to be one of those guys. In double A, Ronzi Contreras is skyrocketed onto the top 100 lists. I don't think a whole lot of people saw that at the beginning of the year. I'll admit, I probably undersold on him until I actually got to see him in person in Altoona in that first start, and he pulled the string on Audi Rashman, and I'm like, well, that, there's nothing for this man to do here anymore. Let's get him to Indianapolis. There's nothing. He just made the number two prospect in all of baseball look foolish on a changeup after he'd been throwing 3,000 RPM curveballs and hitting 96-97 on the gun. Like, I, I don't know what he's still doing in Altoona. And again, I know I said this before, I'm not 100% convinced that he's even the best pitcher that they got back in that tie-on trade. Yuhuri's really good, people. He's really good. And you got Michael Scotto and Kanan Smith and Ajigba and like Hudson Head, who, you know, batting average is bad, but you're seeing him tap into that raw power. You're seeing him control the strike zone. There are a lot of good signs there. A lot of good signs of him just maturing as a hitter.
Oh, that's good. Pirates got a haul for those three players. They couldn't get one for Adam Frazier last year. But I'm starting to suspect that this might this might be I I'm I'm not gonna say a tie on hall because that tie on hall potentially could be like a reverse archer trade for this organization. Just what they are able to bring in. The Musgrove trade, I think, is a better barometer of what to look at. Not even as much as you get from Musgrove, but what did they get from Musgrove? They got a teenager with a high ceiling in Hudson Head. You got someone with a fairly high ceiling out of the bullpen in David Bednar in that deal. And Bednar is really just, I mean, he's kind of been the breakout pitcher on this team. Him or Brubaker, take your pick on which one. And then they got a couple other people. Omar Cruz is a fast riser. He's in Altoona now. Maybe we'll see Drake Fellows at some point come through. Andy Rodriguez is really tearing up Bradenton. The acquisition part, those four pillars Ben Sherrington talks about, identification, development, acquisition, and deployment. Acquisition so far has been very good. Even though he really hasn't been in this position yet where he's trading someone whenever they're at their peak value because of their performance on the field, rather than their peak value because of just years of control. That's going to lead to a pretty interesting trade return. And I don't know where exactly Adam Frazier will go yet. It looks like the White Sox are off the board if they do pull off that Escobar trade. We're going to keep it safe. we got a whole month of, unfortunately for Adam, of Adam Frazier trade rumors. I don't think it's going to happen today. I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen until after the All-Star game, which he very well might start. But once the draft is in the books, I think you're going to see a lot of eyes turn to Adam Frazier. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. You know, I know it's a couple days at this point. I'm still thinking about Max Kranich and that start. And how outrageously good he was. Not just because he didn't allow a base runner in five innings, but how well he just attacked hitters. He was just pumping... 94 to 96 all day. He showed a couple breaking balls and cutters. He showed that later in the outing, even though he didn't have the curveball early, he showed that he could throw it 0-0, start, get the quick strike. A lot of encouraging things that go beyond the fact that he threw five perfect innings. Especially for someone who only had three AAA starts under his belt at this point. Like, I, I admit, I am, I was the guy who was probably highest on Kranich out of anyone that you would meet. I didn't think he'd be in the major leagues that fast. I 
I thought he'd be like a September type of deal. But even if it was just for a spot start, he showed that he can play in the major leagues. He showed he had the stuff. And no, I, I don't like... I get why he's not on the team right now. Why they optioned him. You know, why use that spot? He still needs time in AAA. All those reasons, I get it. I still don't like it. I would have preferred Max stick around. How do you option someone after five perfect innings? What can you say to go work on after that? I know, I know. I, I'm over son we've we've already had this fight it's over it's done with maybe we'll see max again at some point before the end of the year in my last live cues i was asked who's next who's the next guy from triple a who's going to make his debut in the major leagues and and kind of impress and i'll be honest with you <laughs> valued listener i don't know if that player's in triple a right now I don't know if anyone in AAA who hasn't already been in the major league, so that takes away Kranich, that takes away Yehure, that takes away Tucker, Alford, basically anyone on that team who can, you know, potentially do something in the major leagues at some point, who hasn't already donned black and gold. It really narrows down who could potentially be an impact. I think my answer was Shea Spitzbarth, who... Chase Spitzbarth, I view as kind of like a middle reliever. That's the ceiling. I like I like the stuff. I like the breaking ball spin, but I'm not going to pretend that, you know, like, oh, man, you got to get real hype for Shea Spitzbarth. That's the next guy. No, I just see someone that, in the event that Richard Rodriguez and maybe a couple other relievers are traded, step in, see what he's got. Second day, roll five, or second round, second phase. Roll five pick. What do you got to lose there? But who is that next big pitcher? Who is the next Max Kranich? And whenever I say the next Max Kranich, I'm, I'm talking the sleeper pitcher in this organization. Because I could say Ronzi Contreras is the next pitcher who will make his debut in the major leagues who is going to make an impact. That is the fact. But it's not very inspiring. It's not a very inspiring pick. Because at this point, Contreras has just absolutely carved up double-A starters. He has an ERA of two. I mean, where, where's the inspiration behind that pick? It's the smart pick. We all know that. We know about Quinn Priester. We know about Carmen Majinski. We know about, I, I just said, Eddie Yeen. Like, but who is that next guy that not enough people in the system are talking about? My pick. And it's going to be a while until we see if this hits. My pick is Michael Burroughs. Michael Burroughs is the next guy in this system that's in that, you know, like, 20, 20th best prospect or lower type of deal. Someone who does get some recognition as, hey, this guy could be a big prospect at some point. I think that's the guy. That's the big arm. The next one. That not enough people are talking about. Because here's the thing about Burroughs. The stuff moves. It moves big 
big time so much. There's an outrageous amount of spin on those pitches. And not just, you know, like in a spider attack, oh, that, you know, that's why it's, it's, no, like there's a lot of genuine spin on that breaking ball. Come on. That's, that's just, that's, we have a new steroids thing where anyone has a high breaking, high spin pitch. Oh, it's spider attack. It's, you know, whatever. 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 We're going to have to sort that out the same way we did with steroids where we realize, no, not every single person who's having a breakout year is because of steroids. Burroughs is seeing a nice spike in velocity, where he is in that mid-90s now, which is something that in 2019 didn't really come through. But, you know, one of those guys that during the shutdown really did make that commitment, really did take a step forward the same way that Kranich did. It's not like a big mechanical overhaul, but... It's definitely improved stuff. And he's controlling it. That's the big key for him. Just 15 walks over 37 and two-third innings. I know that's still a little on the high side. He's controlling the zone better, though. And when you have pitches that move a lot, that's easier said than done. And I think the best example of that in the major leagues would be Kyle Crick. Not saying that, you know, Burroughs has, you know, that 3,300 RPM slider. Because no one has that on Earth besides Kyle Crick. That's just what it is. But, whenever we see Kyle Crick go off the rails a little bit, it's because he's not hitting the zone. And he would have to, you know, either groove or fastball, which he can't really do. You know, because it'll get crushed. Or he's going to keep going with the sliders. Whenever Kyle Crick gets hitters to chase and fools them with the tunnel, that's whenever he's at his best. And I think we're starting to see the first steps of that with Michael Burroughs. Some other guys I like. Some sleepers. Santiago Flores. Someone who, talking to Fernando Dave in, in Bradenton, Someone who's really done a good job with that between starts work that it's always kind of hard to tell. You know, if someone's going to break through, but man, he's just putting down batters right now. He's just absolutely crushing. I don't know what his future is, though, because I don't think they can sneak him through Rule 5. They're going to have to add him to the 40-man roster. And if you do that, I think you kind of have to commit to putting him in the bullpen and speeding up his development a little bit. Just going like, okay, your fastball, breaking ball, go. Because you can't waste two or even all three option years just because this guy's going to need to grow organically as a starter. You might have to expedite that. I really like the stuff there, though. Third guy? This one's... Yeah, I, I admit I might have undersold him a little bit, but now that I actually got to see eyes from him... Forced Altoona debut. I kind of like Omar Cruz's breaking ball a lot. I kind of really like it. It's got nice loop. It's got nice movement. I want to see exactly what what the Pirates can mold out of that pitcher. I think maybe. I I, I don't know if this is something that he uses to his advantage to get batters timing off or whatever, but he. he He's a little fidgety on the mound getting ready to go through. I don't know if calming him down right there would help 
you know, shore up the mechanics or anything. Maybe, or maybe, you know, just batters don't know whenever it's going to start coming. Keep them off balance there, and that's just a trick. That could work. I don't know. I'm not in, I'm not going to say to fix something that right now doesn't look broken. But yeah, those are three guys who are in basically the same position as Kranich. And also, obviously, I'm still high on Kranich. <laughs> Him coming up to the major leagues and doing that did nothing. Did nothing to weather my belief that this guy is a promising young pitcher who is going to have a fine career. It's not just the top prospects for this organization that, you know, you look for potential pitchers going on. I think there are a couple big breakout guys coming out in those lower levels, and that's a sign of player development if they do. Thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You know, get my show, get the show that Jerry Prugar and I do, Young Bucks, where we just talk about all the prospects in the, in the organization. We might have to do a little more Max Cranick talk for that. Maybe maybe something will change where we aren't just talking about a week-old start at that point. But we'll have a lot of prospect talk going on then. We got shows about the Penguins, the Steelers... DK's Daily Shots. We've got a whole lot here. Whatever floats your boat. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week.